Welcome back to episode 8 of the Gym Podcast. We've been discussing a lot of different things, and one of the most poignant episodes up to this point, I think, has been our relationship with God that rules everything. That's one of the most episode important... Episode 3. That was episode, episode 3. Episode 3. It's yep. one of the most important things that we can get right in life. However, we now want to talk about our relationship with those in the church, and really specifically, how do we carry ourselves? What's the proper etiquette inside worship and outside worship? And that's how we're going to break this down is... The two different sections. What are we to do inside of worship? What are we to do outside of worship yeah. as young men growing up in church um, to, to be at our best? And, and specifically, it's all for the glory of God. It all does relate to the relationship with Him. But we want to make sure we're getting this part right. Well, go ahead and take us into the inside. Yeah, of worship the, the relationship with God is really kind of the foundation, yeah. right? You got to make sure that you are spending time in His Word. You got to make sure that you're, you're talking to Him through prayer and, and, and after that. But even after you're done with that, when you get into worship service and you get around your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, there can still be a lot of confusion and really a lot of just kind of lackadaisicalness about how guys, what guys need to do during worship. Everything, pretty much every episode we've had has tied back to episode one, strive for greatness. Yeah, that's right. This is another that's one right. of those areas in which, look, you may be very comfortable with the area that you're at as far as worship participation. Strive for more. Strive for strive to be better uh, as far as the way that we're going to hit each one of these areas. So I encourage you, everybody who's watching and listening to this, ask yourself, what level are you at currently when it comes to your participation in these things? And strive right. for more. So again, we're, we broke it out into inside worship, outside of worship. Let's start with inside of worship. And the first one is singing. This is actually, I was actually kind of the one that thought of, hey, hey, let's do an episode on this. And the reason I thought of it was because of singing. Mm. Looked around, I was at a congregation I was speaking, and I just kind of, you know, looked around during a song, and I could tell a lot of the guys were just kind of sitting there, kind of mumbling, yeah. barely moving their lips, you could barely hear them. Um, generalization, for sure. I know there's a lot of guys that do sing sure. out, but that was the first thing I thought of, is that it seems to me that there's more guys than not who just kind of sit there and mumble. They kind of, again, barely moving their lips, no emotion during singing. They're just reading the words. They look like they would rather be anywhere else but there during singing. And so that was the first thing. And so the first thing that I want to talk about here that we want to talk about is sing out during worship. Uh, again, this is one of those things where you can be at this certain level of like, hey, I know the songs. I'll sing the, the parts. But you don't sing out. You sit there. Maybe you're, you're self-conscious about your voice or whatever it is, right. but you don't sing out. That's the first thing that we would say. Sing out. I want you to speak to this one because you have told me, we've had conversations, you've never been a big fan of singing. And so I imagine there's a lot of other guys who maybe that's just not their favorite thing in the world to do. They sure. don't really love to sing. What do you do then? I mean, you're absolutely right. I'd rather preach a 30-minute sermon than, than sing, uh, especially song lead. Not a big fan of it. But this is what we're called to by God. Yeah. I mean, we're called to worship with everything that we have to strive for greatness in our worship to the Almighty thinking, you know, every time we show up to Sunday, that could be the last time that we ever come to worship God on this earth. We don't know when Christ is going to come back. We don't know when we're going to die. Give it our all. Well, that's really what helped change my mind on singing is, you know what? I don't care whether I like it or not. Yeah. I'm going to give it my all. I'm yeah. going to try to get better at it. I'm going to try to do what I can. No, I am not uh, Frank Sinatra up there uh, <laughs> with, with singing. And I don't lead singing, luckily, but unfortunately, Will has to sit right in front of me at church and uh, listen to my voice. But... And he's been gracious and hasn't said too much. But either way, singing can be difficult. I get it if you don't like singing. For a young guy, maybe it's the cool factor where we're kind of mumbling through and we don't want to really sing I think out. that's a lot of it. Is yeah, exactly. It's not cool to sing out. Or to have your voice crack because you're going through, yeah. you know, whatever it may be and, and you're really trying to sing out. 
I don't care whether it's cool or not. We're talking about worship to the Almighty God. It wasn't supposed to be cool. And this applies to whether you're 15, 25, or oh, yeah. 65. Oh, yeah. What, is, what does God's Word say? What does the New Testament say? The verses we always go to about singing. Admonish one another. Encourage one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's nothing encouraging about seeing somebody that right. is just going through the motions. Right. Barely moving their lips again. Looks like they'd, they'd rather be anywhere else but there. Nothing encouraging about that. And so as a baptized Christian young man... That's something you have a responsibility to do, to encourage right. those around you with the way that you say and express your emotion and your worship to yes, God. Yes, the countenance is so big, what you just said. Like, the countenance is huge. We sing, we always make fun of the song, Oh, Happy Day, you know, where it's just this funeral dirge. But it, it is a, it's so sad when you look around and people are singing what should be a very happy song or a very moving song. It is Well With My Soul is one of my mo- one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And that second line of my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not, not in part, part but the whole, whole sure. has been nailed to the cross. And, and you know, you ought to be feeling emotion. Pay attention to the words. Pay attention to what you're singing. That's a great point. You ought to be feeling some emotion around it. And when you look over and you're just singing like this, <laughs> and for those that I guess are listening to podcasts can't see the look on my face, but... Um, Man, it's 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 dull. It's like, ugh. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Be the guy who's smiling. Be the guy who's picking people up. Who's really willing to sing out to show it has nothing to do with other people, whether yeah. they think you're you're great or not. It has everything to do with what you're giving to God. And it's not just we're not saying you get a get up there and song lead either. Right. That's not right. for everybody. If you if you're capable doing that, if and you think you can push yourself in that area, then I would encourage you to. Right. But we're not saying everybody's got to be a song leader. We're talking about sitting in the pew, sing out. I love the point you brought up, and then we got to move on. But I love the point you brought up about actually pay attention to the words. Yeah. People who grew up in the church can be the most guilty of this because we've heard these songs our whole lives that we don't really ever yep. pay attention to what the words are actually saying. We just know them. We know the notes, so we sing it. Man, some of those words, like it is well with my soul, can can hit you so hard if you actually think about, man, what is this actually saying? Yeah. And so those are the two areas we would encourage all young men. If you're not doing those things, if you're not singing out, and if you're not thinking about the words, man, start now. That's a way Absolutely. to separate us. Get us into the second area, though. Yeah, definitely. So the second is, as we're talking the five acts of worship, really, uh, the second is sermons. How do we, are we actively listening? We talked about this last week with with girls, right? And learning to listen to them and actively listen. I think there's, uh, the active listening has to go along with the idea of actively looking to get something out of the sermon. Yeah. And you and I were talking before about how guilty both of us were growing up, I think, of just going through the motions. You had heard your dad a million times, you know, and, and so I think you could probably get it up and give it just as you good as You quote his sermon, yeah. But that can also lead to bad habits of zoning out. Now, man, I definitely get that where... I wasn't actively thinking about what I'm getting out of this. Or even it's like, I know what direction they're going to go, so let me just go ahead and tune out. When I got into preaching school, it got even worse because it's like, this is where he chose to, you know, chose to to take this passage. I would do it this way. You could do this and this and this. And next thing you know, you're you're zoned out. You're not paying attention at all. It's so easy to allow our mind, and we'll get into this with the Lord's Supper specifically, but to allow our mind to just wander or to think about what we're doing after or whatever it may be when it comes to the sermon. What are we looking to get out of it? And if somebody asked you, you know, you go out to lunch with somebody and they go, hey, what'd you think of the sermon? Can you tell them? Yeah. It was good. It was good. Or can you say, I like this point. I, I thought this point, you know, I, I didn't connect with this as much. I was a little lost here. Whatever it is, are you actively listening to All it? these can become so routine Very that we just so. get into the habit of, of, of so. listening to a sermon. Yeah, sure. Maybe we open our, our Bibles to wherever they're reading from, but we don't stop and critically think about the sermon. And so that, like you're saying, 
actively look for something to take out of it. You're not yeah. going to remember every point. You're not Sorry. going to remember everything, every illustration you used. But go into it thinking, what can I get out of this? And a big part of this, you could, you could be taking notes. Yeah. Not everybody's That's a, a note taker, but if you're somebody who you're really struggling to remember the sermon or get something out of it, writing it down might help. I'm a big believer in writing things down. So that would be the first thing that I would say. Another thing that I would add, and this is, I, I should probably not be the one preaching this because. Um, not that I get on my phone during worship, but I rarely do this with my phone. And that is either a put it on, do not disturb or B leave it in the car. Um, again, talking to myself here, cause I don't leave my phone in the car and I probably should, but it can be so easy to become distracted with, Oh, my phone vibrated or, yeah. Oh, who texted me or ESPN alert, fantasy football alert, whatever it is. Yeah. All of a sudden you're not listening to the sermon anymore. No, you're yeah. not, you're not in God's word anymore. You're worried about who just texted you. And so that would be another thing in addition oh, yeah. to taking notes that I would recommend. Do not disturb. Leave it in the car. I got my Apple Watch at 9.05 every Sunday yep. morning. It's it's the weekly report of how much screen I was time. on their screen time. Yep. And it's always, oh, who texted me? And then, well, oh, it was nobody. But it was just enough of a distraction, right, as, yeah. as we're starting to get into Bible class. And I teach Bible class, so it's a little bit different. But either way, how easy is it for that little buzz to, and it, even if we don't check it, my yeah. mind is somewhere else. I'm yeah. thinking about some, how easy is it to put it on do not disturb? Way easier than to keep our mind focused when we get the buzz. So I think that's a fantastic point. That's a great transition to the third one as well. Yes, exactly. So that's the idea of prayers. Go ahead and get us into that one. Yeah, so you got the whole let it, don't let your mind wander during prayers. And this can be very difficult because we've all been in this worship service where the, there's the guy who's leading a prayer and you can you can kind of tell he either likes to hear himself talk or he just... Yeah. 15-minute prayers, and I fully sympathize with the guys that let their minds wander. I, I don't think public prayer is the time for a 15, 20-minute right. prayer. It might be a whole other yeah. discussion. However, I think that's the exception. When somebody's up leading a prayer and their responsibility is to direct your mind as someone who's sitting in the worship service to direct your mind in prayer, man, it, it's a it's a, it's a it's an aspect of self-discipline that you have to exercise. You have to actively work to keep your mind from wandering. And it's difficult. Again, phones vibrating, kids crying. I've got a one-year-old. It's really hard oh, yes. to keep your mind oh, yes. wandering for, uh, as far as keeping a one-year-old still. But for those of you who don't have one-year-olds, you're trying to keep locked down, work to not let your mind wander. Because that can be something that is, man, it can really enrich your, your, your prayer life when it comes to worship service specifically. One of the things I visualize when somebody gets up to pray, this is just me. I don't know. Maybe this will help uh, other people. It's kind of helped me. I visualize all of us being in the throne room of God and all of us bow down, and we have one guy who stood up to speak on behalf of everybody. He's praying for all of us. He's not just praying for himself. He's praying yeah. for the entire church. And so he's stood up, and it's like, is imagine standing in the throne room of God. This guy's talking to God on all, on our behalf, and I'm on my phone. You know, in, in or I'm thinking about lunch. And I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Or I'm kind of looking around, and it's like, you don't think God sees that? We're in his throne yeah. room. He's looking down at us praying to him. And that visualization of... Somebody speaking on my behalf to the Almighty God. There's a reverence there. There's a respect there. And you know what? I better pay attention. And no, I'm not perfect at that. That's it's it's a battle. It's a struggle. But that's why we mention it. Imagine if at 15 I really had started to work on my mind. Yep. Um, and and getting it where I needed to be. I think that's huge. But to the flip side, not just listening to prayers. When you're going to pray, I think it's very important. You get asked to say a prayer in front of the congregation. That's great. Try not to say the same habitual thing. routine prayer yeah <laughs> i remember this is embarrassing i remember i was a new christian i'm not as new as i should have been i was probably 13 14 so i've been a christian three or four years but i was asked to help with warren wilcox who's a great man great instructor at bear valley he taught he was kind of pre-brad here we'd go around the nation speaking on christian evidences 
Well, he went to Bear Valley, and um, I was supposed to do Lord's Supper with him. Yeah. And that night, it was it was that night, you know, in the chapel, they did it separately. And I went to lead the prayer for the cup, completely spaced to pray for the cup. I oh, just no. prayed for the day and <laughs> prayed that everybody prayed for the sick and basically went down the list of what you're supposed to pray yeah. for. Yeah. Completely spaced to pray for the cup. It hit me about 10 minutes after we got done. And you're just oh, like, oh, man. whoops. And this is in front of Warren Wilcox. Like, what was he thinking? Um, really embarrassing, but... Once again, it goes to how easy is it to get up there? Don't give thought to what we're saying. To to it's the vain repetition. Exactly, thing that, that I Jesus knew talks what about. I was yeah. supposed to pray. I was just supposed to pray for the sick, and I was supposed to pray for those who couldn't make it, and I was supposed to pray for the spiritual health of the congregation, whatever it is. That way, I'll have a good day. Thank you, God, for this, and then done. Yeah, you, you hear that. that you hear that so often, and it's one of those things that we're not saying you've got to get up and give this flowery prayer right. that sounds so eloquent that that's not it at all. And that's really not what God wants. He doesn't right. want you to put on this, uh, you know, front that you're just this amazing prayer person. But what he also doesn't want is for you to get up there and say the exact same thing over and over again without thinking about right. it. Thank you for this day. Thank you for our blessings. Like you said, please be with the sick help. Uh, what, what's the, uh, the one they always say for the, the, please help us take something from this lesson that we can apply to, that we can apply to our lives. I'm guilty of goodness. That you hear that over and over yep. and over again. And it's one of those things that, we're, we look to be better. We're not yeah. trying to chastise people for no. praying in public. If you're doing that, you're doing great. However, work to be better right. is what I would say there. Let's move on to the fourth aspect, though, talking about the Lord's Supper. And this is one that kind of should be common sense, but I think a lot of adults struggle with this, too. This is not just young people. And that is working to center your mind yeah. on the sacrifice of Christ. And again, I, a lot of congregations aren't passing the plate anymore. They're doing the you know little styrofoam things. <laughs> it's not really yeah. unleavened bread. We'll get into that another time. But there's not as much time to think. Right. It's just kind of rushed. I would encourage every young man watching this or listening to this, this is something that's helped me. When you're trying to center your mind on the Lord's Supper, I'll let you get into the second one. The first one is, man, go open your Bibles to the gospel accounts and mm. read the crucifixion. Read Matthew 27 and 28. Read, uh, what is it, Mark 15 and 16, John uh, 19 and 20, uh, Luke uh, 22, that, that talk about Jesus, first of all, instituting the Lord's Supper, yep. Garden of Gethsemane, on the car, on the way to the cross, before Pilate, and then on the cross. Yeah. Get the whole picture. Yeah. And it, the, the thinking about those things and reading about his, his hands and feet being pierced and reading about the crown, reading about how he was yep. slapped and spit upon and scourged and all these things, that's what you need to be thinking about during the Lord's Supper. Right. Isaiah fifty three is another good place yeah, to go. That's a great. One. Um, really, there's I mean, there's all kind of places you could go. Reading reading a hymn is another is another good thing to do. That's right. When I survey the wondrous cross, things like that that really can help center your mind rather than just okay, let me eat this, drink this, kind of look around. All right, are they almost done yet? Ready right. for the sermon? We can get so caught up in that. Take the time to actually center your. Or thoughts. if your church is so fast that you know you're just starting to get into your meditation or just starting to read, and it's like all right, second prayer for the cup. Whoa, whoa, wait. Because, unfortunately, like you said, with those small little cups, a lot of times they rush through it. This speaks to the second point, which is prep the night before. Yeah, that's You great. ought to have prepped the night before where your mind's already on that. Whether you're given, and I hope churches do give more time. I hope your church does. That's something we talked about at Jackson Temple. Yeah. Is, let's take some time and make sure this is one of the focal points, the central points of our worship here. But if it is the central point of worship, if I'm staying up till 3 a.m., on Saturday night, and I'm not giving any thought to this, then I get up and I think I'm supposed to be able to meditate on God and His Word and on, on Christ and His sacrifice and all that. Think again. It's not happening. If I'm prepping the night before and I'm really allowing my mind to think on these things, I mean, consider Psalm 1. 
He's a man who's, you know, besides streams of water because he's meditating on God's day word and day night. and, and night. his law. Yep. So how easy is it when you're meditating on God's law day and night to get there and to meditate on the sacrifice of Christ? Pretty short connection there. Like it's very easy. If my mind has been on a million and one of things that week and none of which are God, none of which are Christ and his sacrifice, especially Saturday, and I haven't prepped to partake of the, the body, right. go read 1 Corinthians 11. And we always read 1 Corinthians 11, just the parts we want to read about the institution. After, take this seriously. It's yeah. a very serious thing that God, you know, you're like you're judged if you're not taking this rightly. Well, what does that mean? I happen to believe if you're not paying attention at all and you're thinking about what's for lunch, you are not partaking of the Lord's Supper correctly. And there's judgment to be had there. This might be one of those things where some guys might be listening to this going, man, do I really have to do all this stuff? And what I would say to that is, look, do you want to be closer to God or do you not? Right. Do you want to be a better Christian or not? These are, right. there, are all, there are always areas that we can grow and improve. And I think specifically for young men, this is one of those that, I hate to say it, you rarely meet a young man, you rarely meet an older man, I would say, who has got all these things nailed down. And so this is why we're wanting to expose you to these things early. These are not things we have mastered, but these are things that we've learned and observed and we've tried to 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 practice in our lives that we think, man, again, shoot for the stars, strive yeah. for greatness. Let's get into the last one quickly and then we'll move on to yeah. outside of worship. Contribution. Um, kind of that... I don't think it, it personally is an act of worship, so to speak. We'll leave that debate for another time. Right. It's part of worship, so we'll, we'll cover it here. Um, look, if you have a job, if you are actively making money and spending money on you know a car payment or going to the movies or whatever, out to eat, why aren't you contributing to the work of the Lord's Church? Right. I'm a firm believer that if oh, you're yeah, a baptized absolutely. Christian and you are... You know, I'm not really talking about if you're 15 and all you make right. is an allowance. You know, maybe still do that. But yeah. if you if you are driving, working a job, spending money... Why are you not contributing to the Lord's right, Church? Make so, sure you do. Yeah, yeah, that would be the thing that I would say for contribution is actually make that a part of your worship service right. as well. That's right. I got nothing else to add that I, I don't think just because it's it's a simple point. Yeah, you make, you make money, give to God. He gave you the money. That, that's really what it comes down to. Let's get into outside the, of worship. The yeah. outside of worship points here. Um, first things first, and I see a lot of young guys who are good at this, which is great. So I, I don't want to. We never want to like come down on everybody. But make sure you are serving at the fellowship meals, at the yeah. at the fellowship events, that you're the first guy, or at least one of the first guys, to get up out of a seat to go help put chairs away, or to pick up from the tables, or whatever else. Like, have a heart of service and gratitude that when your church family's around, they know they can rely on you to be the servant who gets up and does it. Not because you're trying to get brownie points, you're trying to get everybody to impress see the great, ladies, yeah, impress the ladies, <laughs> stacking uh, the chairs. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I got four on each arm, and I can barely do it. But you know, yeah, yeah. yeah just boy, looking good. Um, no, you're doing it because I genuinely want to serve, right? I, I want to be of help to the congregation. And if I can help little Mr. So-and-so who should not be lifting these chairs because he's 80 years old, be mindful of that. It's very easy to be so kind of aloof or, or thinking about, well, you got your youth group, you're playing with your friends, that all the adults will take care of that. Don't let the adults take care of it. You step in. You're part of the congregation. If you are a baptized Christian... You're just as much of the congregation, just as much of, of a Christian as Mr. 80-year-old so-and-so, you know? Make sure you're stepping in to, to be a servant first things first. This is this is hard on a lot of young men because, and so we sympathize with you, because the, what is culture telling young men? It's all about you. Yeah. What, yep. you know, what makes you happy? And, and everybody's, out for, everybody's out to serve you, and you are kind of the, the center of, the star of, of your own story, right? We can adopt that mentality kind of, you know, inv involuntarily, whether we think we do or not, 
even when some with something as simple as what you're talking about. Well, let me let me be the first in line, right? Let right. me make sure I get the food that I want, and and let me make sure that I you know get the best seat or whatever it is. We don't think about other people. Right. And again, this is something that culture is feeding you this. But if if you're listening to this or watching this, thinking, yeah, that's kind of the way that I act. Change that because that's something you can always be looking for a way to serve. You can always be looking for something that you can do again, you know, again, something as simple as not being the first in line, something as simple as whoever's at your table, take all their plates to the trash form, whatever it is. Um, Let's get into the next one though, unless you have anything anything else to add there. Get to know your elders. We're going to split this into two parts here because we're talking about the shepherds of your congregation, literally your elders. I think a lot of people would be surprised at how many young men and young people, but we're talking about young men specifically, who couldn't even give the names of their elders. Don't know who their elders are. Don't know who their elders' wives are. That is a travesty. I I, I want to, we're not trying to be harsh, overly harsh on this podcast, but I will say if you're listening to this and you don't know who your elders are, shame on you. If If you're 15 and older and baptized Christian, you need to know who your elders are. And so... I would say the firm, the, the the primary responsibility is on your elders to get to know you. However, that doesn't mean that you're completely absolved from just right. well they got to come to me. No, go sit by your your somebody who is your who is a, a shepherd of your congregation at the fellowship meal. Go t- go ask them questions. Go yeah. talk to them. Is it intimidating? Sure, but they're there to be your shepherd. Uh, the other side of it is not just your shepherds, but older people in general. Oh yeah, they have a, loads of wisdom. They have have things that they can share with you, experiences. That that just again a wealth of information that you are just that's just waiting to be tapped into, yep. and a lot of young men aren't. I'll let you go in here in just a second, but I want to say this is one that I have struggled with personally for a long time. I still mm-hmm. do. Older people can can be so frustrating sometimes, and it's just like they're so irritating sometimes, and so annoying sometimes. And I know I'm just calling it like I see it. Sometimes that's the way they are, and so we can push them to the side and say right. they don't have anything important. Right you know, to, to tell me or anything important, any value to add to my life, simply not true. And I have to keep telling myself that to put my, push myself outside of my comfort zone to look at them and say, no, they have value to add to my life. Again, experiences, wisdom, man, start now, start by asking them questions now and interviewing them. And again, just something as simple as sitting at the same table with them rather than just being tied up in your own group of friends. Yeah. Some of my favorite moments and some of my favorite people at church are the elderly. Some of my favorite moments of going to church are being able to sit at the feet of, and we always use that, sit at the feet of as though they're, you know, this is some pedagogy type, like, well, just teach me master. That's not what it is. It's more of, I sat across the table at a potluck from somebody who's just telling me about their experiences, their, their, you know, life and going through a certain war or whatever it is. Man, that's incredible. Like they've lived through so much. They've seen so much. What was it like? So we start asking questions, right? Never assume that they don't, well, they just don't want the relationship. They don't want the young kid talking to them. Older people love that, and they are a wealth of information a lot of times. I'm not saying every one of them is. I'm with you. I can be very frustrated from time to time with, with just their general outlook of life and, and you know that they don't make more of an effort with the younger generation. That's no excuse for us to not make an effort. That's though. exactly right. Well, they need to come to me, as, as you already referenced. They need to come to me. Maybe you should go to them. If they're not coming to you, maybe you should go to them because you're still a brother in Christ. Should yeah. they be doing it? Yeah, but you know, should have, could have. And that's why I said it all starts with seeing them as valuable and having value right. to add. If you don't see that, you're never going to go to them in the first place. That's right. But you have to see that and actively search for it. Here's the other part of this. This is where I'm going to go off a little bit on youth groups because I get really frustrated with kids who get tied down to their own youth groups, to their own, you know, three, four, five year group or age group in there 
where they don't talk to anybody else. They don't hardly yeah. know any other person in their church. During Sunday morning worship, they're sitting with their friend group on the you know on the front pew or whatever it is. Um, that's another one we forgot to cover. If you are in worship, try to sit closer to the front. Don't sit in the back and then you know squeak out the back door yeah. before talking to anybody. Engage. Get up closer to the front. Make sure you know that's part of the engagement. But you can get to the point where you're just sitting with your youth group and and all it takes is one bad one bad guy, one bad nut in there to ruin the entire experience because sure. he's messing around or whatever else. Um, so that's that's that part. But as far as it goes with getting to know your elders, it's really important for us to build these relationships, not just with your youth group. Because what happens is you go off to college, you come back and you go, where is everybody? Yeah, they all moved away. Well, now I need a college ministry. I need a, I need people my Young age. professionals. Young, young professionals. Young, exactly. We keep moving up. And then the young sing or the uh, older singles, if you didn't get married... There's all these programs and groups and everything. Forget about it. If you're 15, go talk to an older gentleman in your congregation. If you're, you know, 25, go talk to an older gentleman. Go talk to the younger kids. Get it to where you're a family. You wouldn't ever look at your grandparents and go, "Yeah, but they're they're old, so I'm just going to talk to my siblings." It's like they're your grandparents. A lot of young people do think that. Unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. that's true. But the church is a family. We have to look at it as getting to know your elders and allowing them into your life so they can help you spiritually. It's huge. I had um, I heard a stat one time, and you know you can take a stat for what it's worth. But uh, they said I forget where it was from, but basically the point of it was one of the biggest factors in whether or not a young person remains faithful is how many relationships they have with people outside of their own age bracket, mm. not how many friends they had in their youth group, wow. not how many. Uh, friends that they had in their college group yeah. or whatever, but how many relationships they had with people That's outside so of their own age bracket. And it truly does make sense because of all the connections that you can have. So again, young men work for that. Yes. Yeah. Young people should, or older people should be going to you first. It's not always going to happen. So do your part. Right. There's two more that we want to hit very quickly that are a bit more in the theoretical realm that yeah. are kind of broad, a little broader, I guess, in these specific principles. And I put one on here that we didn't talk about before. Be the reason that somebody wants to go to your church. And by that, I mean in your conversations, when you're talking to your friends, when you're talking to other people, if you're always talking, something as simple as, yeah, I've got to go to church later, or I have yeah. to go to church, or, yeah, we got this church thing that I you know, can't really, right. I can't come because i got this church thing. If you're painting your church and, and the things that you do there in, in a negative light to the world and those around you, great point. nobody's ever going to, going to want to come and visit with you or, or nobody's ever going to say, hey, tell me more about that. What do you do at your church? Be the reason somebody wants to come visit, not That's the right. reason they don't want to come visit. Again, with the way that you speak, the, the way that you talk about your church, even just having a magnetic personality about, hey, we're doing this, we're having this fellowship event or we've got this going on. Hey, come come join me. Yeah. We, we'd love to have you. Something as simple as that can really go a long way in carrying out the Great Commission, making disciples, right. getting people in the door rather than, again, the I think what a lot of young young people do is, man, I can't go to that football game. I got, I got church I got to go to or I got a yeah. youth group event or or whatever it is. We, we paint it in such a negative light that it, it doesn't appeal to the world around us I was going to say everybody else that's not going to church is like, wow, what a bummer. You know, yeah. Like, can't wait till you get out from man, your Man, stinks to be you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We don't want that. That's that's a really good point. Um, and I would also say to the, if if you're in church and you're bringing your buddies to church, two thumbs that's up. awesome. Yeah, that's great. Make sure you're not. And I did this as a kid, so I'm just calling it calling it out because this was me. Try not to be too cool. This goes back to how we're how we're engaged in worship, right? When you have a friend who comes, it's not super cool to uh, sing out loud and to participate a lot in class and. A lot of times it's tempting to kind of goof off with him or to make him feel comfortable. You know, you're not looking yeah. to sing out too much. No, be the example for him. You go above and beyond and show him what this means to you. This stuff matters. I mean, worshiping God matters and, and helping other people and serving people and being engaged in Bible class matters. 
Now, taking that seriously, if the Bible class, we didn't even touch this one, but if the Bible class teacher leaves you homework, do your homework. Sure. Come, come prepared to things like that. And if you have somebody come with you, that's great, but show them what they could be as well. Don't don't go down to their level and try to be cool and act like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just what my parents do. They had me go to church. Make sure that you're being an example for them. The last one, though, don't relegate your church life to a minor or unimportant aspect of your life. I want you to comment on I want you to go into this one, but there's a reason we had this one last. And it's because if this one, if you don't get this one right, none of this other stuff matters. Right. And so if, if you're getting to the end here and you're and you view your you view your church life or you view your your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ as kind of a eh, yeah I do that once or twice a week not really a big deal in my life man none of the other stuff we've talked about matters this is right. so so important so sorry get get into it a little bit more No you're good here. it's very easy especially as you grow older we're talking to 15 to 25 year olds some of the busiest times of your life. Yeah. Truly. You've got so many things going on. Either you're in high school or you're in college or you're coming out. And you're and carving out your career as well. You're carving like, out your career. You're carving out your identity, who you are in the world. You're carving out your relationship with girls. You talk about the busiest times of your life and how quickly can God be relegated? How quickly can church life be relegated? Especially if you're older, 21. You know, if you're going to college, you're out from your parents' house. How easy is it to... Man, we had a late night. I've been I've been up for you know studying for all Saturday. I'm just exhausted. Saturdays or Sundays really my day to sleep in. Things like that can really start to creep in because it becomes becomes more and more unimportant to us. Yeah, it comes becomes less important. That's yeah. exactly it. And so the way that we approach worship has to be, you know what? This is the most important thing in my life. The most important thing. There's no there's no even close second to what this is. So I need to make sure that I'm showing up prepared. I've already, you know, done my due diligence to be meditating on God's word throughout the week, meditating on Christ. Don't relegate your church life to just some, you know, minor bit of importance in your life. If you have not watched our, again, we referenced it to start the episode, episode three, about how to step up in your relationship with God, I'd encourage you to go back and watch or listen to that first, because if you don't get that right, this is going to be a struggle for you as well. But if you are, are diligently striving to improve your relationship with God and spend time in his word and spend time talking to him in prayer, this other stuff that we're talking about here is going to come a lot more naturally because you're going to be desiring to please God. Right. You're not going to be you're not going to be wanting necessarily to just be the cool guy that doesn't sing in church or that sits with his friends at the fellowship meal. And, and we're not saying don't ever sit with your friends, but you right, know what right, I mean. Right. These are things that again you can push yourself. You can strive for for greatness in these areas. It's got to start with the relationship with God. So if you didn't watch that episode, this episode three, how to step up in your relationship with God or listen, go back and do that. What else do you have to add before we kind of wrap up here with this episode? I would just say it's about intentions. Yeah. You know, it's about the intentions of our heart. Are we are we calling to God? Are we seeking the relationship with God? Going back to that. Are we trying to be the best we can be? The intention matters. God understands if you're not if you're having an off day and you're not singing out whatever it is, there's grace for those things. Uh, we're not we're not saying that. We're saying and be very intentional in the way you approach worship, in the way you approach your church family, and think about ways to be better, not just for, for them, not, or not just for you, not just for God, but for them as well. And if you're looking at this going, yeah, okay, well, this is basic, I know all this stuff. I guess we referenced in a previous episode, are you actually going to do it? Right. A lot of young men aren't. Most young men aren't. And so if everybody knows to do this stuff and yet is not doing it, that's where the problem lies. On Judgment Day, God's not going to care about how cool you were. Right. God's going to care about where you're singing out in worship. Right. He's not. He's not going to care about... You know, did you know all the, did you know every line of the latest movie or, or song? Right. He's what worship care. did you bring to him? Right. That's what he's going to care about. And right. so this is important stuff. And we want to encourage you. This is not just to bash you over there. We want to encourage you in this stuff. As always, we push it every week. If you have questions, if you have a comment to add, yep. comment on YouTube, um, message us on Instagram. I want to talk about Instagram real quick before we wrap up. Uh, we're going to do our best to post 
video teasers, you know, things like that about the upcoming episode on our Instagram. So if you're an Instagram guy, go follow us. Uh, the Gym Podcast 23 is the handle for it. You can message us directly there. Again, you can comment. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of us or uh, comment on YouTube, any of that stuff. So again, that's what we want to encourage you to do. Anything else to add? If not, we are very grateful for you joining us for episode eight of the Godly Young Men podcast.